Hello everybody, happy Saturday, this is Falconor and welcome to the Drockside. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a lot of really awesome things. Uh, I think what we're going to do first here is we're going to discuss everything we've seen in the most recent uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 trailer. And I'm going to give some of my personal opinions on uh, the trailer, what what's going on with that, and what I hope to see with Captain Rex and Ahsoka, and what I think they might do with Maul, and what I'd actually like to see with Anakin and the Jedi, and all different kinds of cameos that actually showed up in the trailer. So, uh, before we get that started, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get things started here. Father God, we come before your throne in the name of your son, Jesus, and I just thank you for everybody listening to my podcast. I thank you for just everyone in the sound of my voice, just the blessed. Um, I just plead your blood over their lives, Lord Jesus, and I ask you just to give them rest and peace and joy and just heal their lives where they need it. And I ask you to use me today to just give them something fun to think about and uh, just to bless their time, uh, whether it be just leisurely parts of their day or something to listen to while they're driving or whatever the case may be, Lord. I just lift them up to you and I lift up this podcast to you and I ask you to bless the words that I say so that people are inspired and that uh, things in Star Wars become fun for them and they can learn in all kinds of new things. So we thank you, Lord, for it. We believe and we receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks. So it turns out what happened in the new trailer was very, very interesting. For those of you who have not seen it, I'll do a breakdown. For those of you who have seen it, um, you'll be, we'll be going through a uh, nice in-depth detail of what actually happened uh, within the trailer and um, what we're going to expect to see in Season 7 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. So, it starts off with a monologue with Darth Maul saying, you know, the galaxy will be remade and that the Jedi and the Republic will die. So, this is your first hint of, yes, this is really truly going to be tying in with uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, which is where a huge pivotal point in the Star Wars galaxy takes place. All Star Wars fans know this is one of the biggest events in all of Star Wars, whether you enjoy the prequels or not, um, you can totally see that this is what shapes the future of Star Wars for the original trilogy, and eventually the sequels, and everybody, including myself, has mixed feelings on the sequels, but we'll, we can get into that on another podcast episode, but today, we're talking about Clone Wars Season 7, so... Uh, when we're talking about that, we're talking about ties into Episode 3, and speaking of tie-ins to Episode 3, we get to see different shots as we lead up into the trailer. You know, we get Mandalore who, uh, and Bo-Katan, who is the sister of uh, uh, Sabine Kreez, who was the former Duchess of Mandalore, and was a romantic interest for one of my personal favorite characters, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, we see this whole conclusion in Season 5 of Clone Wars where Kenobi is there, tries to save her, and Maul kills Satine in front of him just to make him suffer because, you know, Obi-Wan lopped him in half and he's still angry about it. I think ever since what happened on Naboo, he was just, like, you know, super butthurt about it and, you know, being very sithy about it. I mean, honestly, if I got cut in half and, you know, yeah, it, it would be pretty rough. So I probably wouldn't be very happy either. But anyway... That's beside the point. Uh, so that's a little lead-up into what we see here. Mandalore gets torn into a civil war because Maul kills Pre Vizsla, who is the leader of the, uh, I guess you could say the cool Mandalorians, who are the ones who are doing the war, uh, warrior culture. And they're there 
doing their best to free Mandalorian to that uh, uh, type of lifestyle. Satine Kreez, who was the former Duchess and ruler of Mandalore, was a very big pacifist. And I know, uh, you know, a few people who are a big fan of the warrior culture Mandalorians. And after seeing the whole Mandalorian series, um, I get to see and appreciate more of the creed um, of the Mandalorian. So this actually worked out for the best. But when you're looking at this from a Jedi or uh, in the shoes of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of point of view... Um, you want to see the pacifist win because, you know, his romantic love interest is the one who is, uh, the one who's leading the pacifists and it brings more peace if there's less violence and so on and whatnot. Um, but we all know that even Jedi agree that there are times for, for forceful action and so on. But, um, honestly, that scene was probably a very satisfying scene for two groups of people. We have the people who are like, dang, that was a really good story for Obi-Wan, that he actually, we actually see that he does have feelings and he did fall in love with a woman and, you know, what, what might have been if he wouldn't have become a Jedi. Like, that would be a really interesting what-if story. Um, but, you know, uh, we have that, and then you have people who are like, just hated Satine and just kind of, to an extent, ruined the creed of the Mandalorians uh, for, for a time. And... Uh, but you see that this whole focal point is around Obi-Wan and Maul's rivalry. So you kind of get to see the menacing part of, or menacing side of Maul. So this all happens in Season 5, and Obi-Wan joins with uh, Bo-Katan, or Katan, however you say her last name, uh, because she is leading the Death Watch saying, no, we're not going to follow Maul because when Maul killed... Uh, Satine, he also killed Previsla previously before that so he could gain control of uh, the Mandalorian system. And so there's a lot that goes into that, so I'm not going to get into that a whole lot. I would recommend uh, watching those final episodes of Season 5. Um, so Season 5 is a huge uh, bomb drop for that era of Star Wars because we have this whole thing and we have basically a civil war between loyalist Mandalorians to Maul versus uh, basically the rebels who are saying no, no outsider can rule Death Watch. So you have two different points of view of Mandalorians, which is why Mandalore is in such destruction right now, specifically because we have the one, you have both of them thinking that they're loyalists, saying, well, only the strongest shall rule. And this guy walked in and we were partners with him and he kills Pre Vizsla in trial by combat. So, I mean, this is totally normal Mandalorian ways. Versus, the other, no, this is a strictly Mandalorian thing. We're not going to let some tattooed crazy, in the words of Hondo Onaka, um, come and lead our, our clan here. Like, we're not going to do that. And so you kind of see, um, just slightly, I guess you could say, some kind of rebellion, kind of like, oh, yeah, rebels and stuff like that. But that's just a little tiny thing there. But um, So you have Mandalorians fighting each other, and Obi-Wan is set free, and Bo-Katan says, you know... Um, go tell your Republic what's happened. We need help here. And he says, well, that's going to lead to a Republic invasion of Mandalore. And she goes, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be good, but we need it. We'll survive. And then Obi-Wan figures out that Bo-Katan is his former technical girlfriend's sister. And he says, I'm so sorry. Just like how he tells Padme, I'm so sorry when he goes off to fight Anakin so I thought that was a cool playback in that story but that's just leading up to this shot we see in the trailer of Bo-Katan looking over Mandalore where it's just completely just in ruins 
And so you kind of see, like, it sets up, this is where Maul is at. Maul is going around, and he's, he's, you know, doing his monologue to get all the fans hyped up. But, like, he's doing his villain monologue, and he's talking about how, you know, the galaxy will be remade. And he's trying to grab a little bit of power because he knows what his former master is going to do, I think. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so he says the Republic and the Jedi will die. And in when he's saying that, you see shots of Obi-Wan along with Mace Windu and a couple of clones um, f surrounded by battle droids. And we get more shots of that a little bit later. And then we see Rex with a couple of shots from the Bad Batch story arc and the 501st. Um, this is, I'm assuming, on the same planet of Rigovinda, where we see the story arc with Fives discovering the inhibitor chips and all that, which in this podcast I will get into later, but we're going to talk mainly in the meat and potatoes of this uh, trailer. And so, and you see how, how we're setting this stuff up because we have the whole story arc with Maul. And before I stated, we have... Uh, the whole bombshell of time period, like like Falcon or what what is that? Uh, well, the, that is specifically because right after this whole Mandalorian civil war breaks out, we have a bombing at the Jedi Temple, and you know you're like, oh wow, that's that's gnarly, and people go, okay, whatever, you know. But this is this is huge because the Jedi, the Jedi's philosophy is we're peace, peace, peace uh, excuse me, <clears throat> keepers of the peace. They're not soldiers, but they're, they're choosing to be in participating of the war that's going on to bring peace, but they're being used as warriors and soldiers. So some of the Jedi are like, eh, it's not really that great. And uh, But you see that the pretty much the only Jedi that are, willing, are able to come back to the Jedi Temple are Anakin and Ahsoka, who currently are on Cato Nemordia, which little, you know, gem of information here, that's Newt Gunrays in the Trade Federation's homeworld. So that's a separatist, big separatist homeworld that they're going in and saving uh, or liberating uh, to win the war. And Yoda personally gives them a call and says, hey, you need to come back to the temple. There was a bombing. We need you guys to do it because you guys weren't here when it was going off, so you'll have somebody who's impartial. So they, so Anakin and Ahsoka go ahead and they find out that this uh, woman, I believe, named Letta, uh, was agreeing with this movement in the Republic that the Jedi have to stop the war, the war needs to end, you know, and this has been going on, I think, at this point for at least two or three years, you know, maybe even four. Um, I'm not personally not acquainted with the timeline between how many years between two and four, or two and three, excuse me, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so this war's been going on, and, like, you know, like, how people get, like, during wars, um, you know, they people always want peace, they don't want to be continued surrounded by death and so on and whatnot. And since the Jedi are basically, have been poster boys of the Republic for years, and now we have this huge war going on, they're like, we want this to end. So this lady named Leta uh, is part of this movement who is basically kind of a terrorist group in the Republic trying to stop it. And turns out she fed her husband um, nanodroids in his food, and he exploded, and he caused a huge explosion. Long story short, Ahsoka is framed for this attack um, because she go Leta has been put in prison. She she asks for Ahsoka, and Ahsoka tries to help her, and is and this woman is just force choked at random. But in the cell, there's no audio; there's only video, so it looks like Ahsoka did it. And then Anakin goes to talk to her, and he's not allowed in. 
And so there's all different kinds of drama that goes on there. Long story short, Ahsoka works with uh, Ventress after she breaks out of prison, and which is a huge deal because Ventress is a known war criminal and a villain since day one of Clone Wars. And I'd say probably personal rival to Anakin Skywalker. So when Anakin sees his pupil working with her as a fugitive, it's pretty rough. One of my favorite things... Okay, just so everybody knows, I am a huge Captain Rex fan. I'd argue that Captain Rex is probably my favorite fictional character of all time. So if there's any kind of biased conversation about Captain Rex in this podcast, that's the reason why. And I'll explain a lot of this as time goes on in this podcast. But to get to the point of what's going on with Season 7 is is to go ahead and explain why what happened in Season 5 was so significant is because Ahsoka is on the lower levels of course not worse finds out that her friend Barris Offy, who all Star Wars fans know, she is the apprentice of uh, Luminar Unduli. And if you guys are new to Star Wars, Luminar Unduli, Unduli is this um, Jedi Master uh, who is part of this race of aliens who are green, has very, you know, culturally elegant tattoos on their face and uh, headdresses and stuff. She's a very, very wise, powerful Jedi Master. And her and Beresafi are from the same culture. And you see Beresafi and Ahsoka become friends throughout the show. So Beres is like, hey, I want to help because one of my friends was killed in the bombing. So she asks Ahsoka, well, where's, what level are you on? Ahsoka tells her where she is. And Ahsoka finds uh, the place where the nano nano droid bomb horde is, wherever you want to call it. Um, and it looks like Ventures comes back and attacks her. But we all know that previously in the episode, uh, Ventress was attacked and got her lightsabers and masks stolen. And so we go on and we see that Soka gets captured and put on trial. And it's really interesting because we have Grand Moff Tarkin, who at the time is Admiral Tarkin in the Republic, um, as the accuser of Ahsoka at this point, and uh, Padme Amidala, who is Anakin Skywalker's secret wife um who is defending ahsoka but beforehand the jedi had this conversation going look we have to expel ahsoka and obi-wan is sitting there on the council going we can't do that we have to stand with her but yoda and windu and the rest of the council are like we can't do that really because if we go ahead and we say we stand with ahsoka in this time it's going to look like the jedi framed the bombing killed clones killed republic civilians and it just caused a huge mess. So they go ahead and they expel Ahsoka, and Ahsoka basically loses all hope. Anakin, being the type of Jedi that he is, says, screw this, we're going to go ahead and get this information and find out and prove Ahsoka's innocence. He finds Ventress. Ventress doesn't have her lightsabers or her mask. And then Ventress tells Anakin, hey, she talked to Barriss. Anakin goes and finds Barriss in the Jedi Temple and interrogates her and basically forces her into a lightsaber fight where she uses Ventress's lightsabers. And then Anakin kidnaps her, brings her in, proves Ahsoka's innocence. We're like, oh, this is great. Ahsoka says, I'm done. The Jedi have hurt me too much. I quit. So, And that was where we left off with Season 5, and that was around 2013, 2014, and that's when Disney bought Star Wars and canceled the show. So lots of us Star Wars fans who love the show are like, gosh, dang it, Disney, this is awful. And that's not the first time Star Wars fans have yelled at Disney, but that was one of the very first things. And so, uh, we're like, well, why would Season 5 tie in with Season 7? What about Season 6? Season 6 were, quote, the lost missions, and that is where we get the whole story arc where we figure out that 
clone troopers have these organic chips in their heads to make them do Order 66. So if you guys have never seen the shows, you're kind of, and this is your first news, we'll go dive into that just a little bit here. So there is a story arc in Season 6 of the Clone Wars where uh, Arc Trooper 5s is um, on a mission with the 501st with Anakin and Rex, and we see him working with a clone named Tup, who is a kind of a staple character in the, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> In the excuse me, Tup is kind of a staple character within the 501st. We see him in a previous storyline in the series called Darkness of Umbara. Uh, all of this is on Disney Plus, by the way. Um, I highly recommend you all watching the show if you want a good series, good, good, just I guess you could say well done story writing series. Um, but anyway, that's my personal opinion. Most Star Wars fans um, enjoy the show, and I'm talking to all y'all who haven't who are Star Wars fans but haven't watched any of the TV series. So anyway, um, so we have the Art Trooper, uh, excuse me, Art Trooper 5s, and his best friend Tup, because he's one of the last surviving clones that we see throughout the series, who is either not dead or just not in the mainstream storyline anymore. Um, and we see that Tup just flips out and uh, says, good soldiers follow, follow orders, and kills one of the other Jedi working with Anakin. And come to find out, we take him to Kamino, find out that he had a tumor, and then Fives goes and uh, tries to help him remove the tumor because the Kaminoans, who basically treat the clones as just human versions of droids, uh, and just go, well, we're just going to kill him and dissect him. And Fives is like, no, we're living beings, we're our own independent people, which is why I love this show, because they go and they handle extremely well how do you handle a technical child army uh and you're like how is a child um clones have growth acceleration so when they're 10 they look 20 so that way that we have a bunch of guys who are young uh you know genetically superior you know whatever soldiers which they were i argue that clone troopers are probably the greatest soldiers in star wars history um but more on that later so um so anyway, so you have these this show doing a, such a superb job of just saying we're our own individual independent individuals when you have one actor playing like dozens and dozens of characters, which is fantastic. Um, so anyway, so Fives goes and uh, attempts to save his friend Tup, uh, removes the tumor, and Tup dies. But before he dies, he says, you know, the mission in. Fives goes, what are you talking about, the mission? He goes, you know the one, the one in our dreams. And he says, the nightmares are finally over. I'm finally free. And he dies. And Fives goes and is like, oh my gosh, I tried to save my friend. And the Kaminoan head scientist is trying to like cover it up. And we find out that the Kaminoans or Kaminoans, who are the ones who created the clone army, are working with Count Dooku and Darth Sidious behind the Jedi's back. So you see that the creation of the clones, the creation of the Separatists was all set up by Darth Sidious, which I think is absolutely superb. You can, like, big Palpatine fans, like, I'm okay with Palpatine. Palpatine is a good villain. Uh, I'm just not a huge fanboy of Palpatine. I like the Palpatine jokes and memes and stuff, but that's about as far as it is. But um, personal opinion, moving right along with the story, um, but this, this, this part of the show really does an amazing job of... Uh, setting up the sinisterness of the Clone Wars and who Darth Sidious is, 
the whole works of that. And so it's really a, a good time to go ahead and, and say, you know, this is this is what was happening, what everybody theorized when they first watched, you know, episodes two and three is now being confirmed. So, um, so the Kaminoans are trying to hide up this this tumor or organic chip thing uh, that the Sith gave uh, to the Kaminoans, and Fives is not having this. He goes and realizes that she's that she's trying to hide it. Um, Shock T is the Jedi Master in control of Kamino, basically, and the training of the clone troopers. And she's going to go ahead and send it to the Jedi. But since Palpatine is Darth Sidious and he's posing as a Chancellor or as the Chancellor of the Republic, you see that um, the Kaminoan scientist is trying to hide the fact that the inhibitor chip thing is a thing in the clones and could undermine Sidious's and Count Dooku's whole plan. So, um, long story short, Five takes out his inhibitor chip and tries to prove it to Shakti. She says, okay, send him to Coruscant to talk to the Chancellor. Chancellor interrogates him and basically tells him, I am the Dark Lord of the Sith, or I've co constructed this whole plan. Ha ha. Uh, Fives, who is drugged by the Kaminoan scientist en route to the Chancellor, flips out, makes it seem like he tries to assassinate the Chancellor and becomes wanted and, and so on. And he gets found by Rex and Anakin who are trying to find him and he tells them we have organic chips that can make us do whatever somebody wants us to do, even kill the Jedi. This is, you know, Palpatine's in on it. And Anakin, of course, is like, this is ridiculous. He's incapable of what you claim. And Rex, when he hears this inhibitor chip thing, he rubs the back of his head, which I think is hugely amazing it's something so small but something so big because you go and you can see that clones have thought about this or at least they can they think about it and they go huh there's something in my head huh that's weird you know and they can at least think about it and it's really quite fascinating um so but anyway once fives is telling this the coruscant guard clones show up and fives in his drug state grabs a pistol and he gets shot and he gets killed and so we get this huge, huge emotional scene where Rex is holding his brother Five saying, don't go, you know, and Five says, I only wanted to do my duty. And then he says, the mission, the nightmares, they're finally over. I'm free, just like Tup. So it really kind of shows that all clones are haunted by this mission, which I think is honestly um, the whole thing with the inhibitor chips and so on and whatnot and so they are all haunted by this in their dreams they're inspired by the jedi they love the jedi but they you know they're they're haunted by dreams that they don't really can specify and you know when you're in war you have nightmares all the time so you're like okay whatever but you can kind of see this happening so we get this bombshell and we get to see also in season six of clone wars how yoda trained with the quote the wills um how to become a force ghost we can get more into that later. Um, some people like it because it kind of explains how only Yoda and Obi-Wan and Anakin are able to be Force ghosts. And then other people are like, why is why is there only three Jedi who can do that? Why can't all the other Jedi just speak to the Force? Which I think they eventually get into with Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. If, you get in, if you've watched that, you see Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, Windu, Qui-Gon... Even Kanan from the Rebels series um, is in there. So this is all the stuff that's leading up 
to Season 7. So we get this whole huge thing with Mandalore. We get this whole huge thing with Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order. She's no longer a Jedi. She's living on Coruscant. And um, and we get the, this whole new canon update that the clones were not in on it for Order 66. They had no idea. Which, in my personal opinion, I really do love the storyline because it shows the sinisterness of... Palpatine it shows that not all the clones are evil and it also shows that like you know everybody was a victim and it was all done just so Palpatine could have power which makes it so freaking awesome in my opinion um I get why people enjoy the the idea of uh the the clones all in on it and all all that and how it even puts it more sinister and you know, but this is something George Lucas did. This is this is what happened, what he and Dave Filoni created right before Disney took it over. So I think that's really well done writing. Um, and so we get into this whole idea of the last final moments right before episode three. And I think it's going to tie into episode three because right after we get these visions of Maul and the Jedi and the Bad Batch and all that, um, you know, and the Jedi and Republic dying, like everybody knows this happens. But then we see uh, these uh, twin girls, um, I believe on Coruscant, who Ahsoka meets, um, and they say, I don't understand how somebody could turn from being a Jedi. Which I think is interesting because we have two different sides, like what I just talked about earlier. We have these people who are, no, 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 the war is wrong, the war is evil, versus some people who are like, you know, like, Luke Skywalker said the Jedi are romanticized, deified, whatever. Um, so we so we get that and um, get a couple of shots with Ahsoka, and Ahsoka says we were uh, trained to be keepers of the peace. And then you see she does kind of one of those forearm and handshakes with Bo-Katan on Mandalore. And then she's on the uh, a bridge of a star destroyer with Rex, and it says not soldiers. So the whole line she says we were meant to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. So that is a callback to what Mace Windu said in episode two. So what they're leading you to believe is that, um, excuse me, uh, that Ahsoka is being more of a traditional Jedi now. She's kind of, kind of seen, yeah, we're not meant to be soldiers and so on and whatnot, which you can totally see Anakin doing throughout the series, which is absolutely superb. But um, you see that, and Anakin destroying some droids. And then we go on and we see um, literally direct quotes from episode three. So uh, there's a scene in here where I'd like to point out a couple things. They give a shot of Mace Windu standing there at the hollow table in the Jedi Temple. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And you have other Jedi surrounding him like Plo Koon, Aelis Kura, Kiati Mundi, and their clones. And I've heard people say, like, oh, you can see Cody standing there, so this is directly part of Episode 3. Unfortunately, it's not. Um, in Episode 3, we get a shot of Kiati Mundi, uh, Ela Sakura, Commander Cody, and Yoda. Commander Cody shows up halfway through the thing when Obi-Wan is taking on Grievous. And here we have Plo Koon, who is not in that specific scene in Episode 3. We have Ela Sakura. We have a clone that looks like Cody, but is not because that is Commander Bly. Bly is a really, really quite amazing clone trooper uh, who serves with Ala Sakura. We don't see in Episode 3 until he does Order 66, which is a real downer. But um, So that's Bly, and then we have Kiari Mundi, and I believe his clone commander is Bakara. 
And then we have Jedi Master Depa Balaba. Everybody's like, who is that? What kind of name is Depa Balaba? This lady, you can see her for about two seconds at the very end of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, when all the Jedi are standing there on Naboo. She is the kind of the... I don't know if it's Hindu or Buddhist type looking character. I'm not, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not well versed in that culture very much, but she's um, she's got darker skin, she's got gems on her forehead, and she's got some really quite interesting curly hair, um, braids and stuff. So and she's a really cool Jedi Master. Um, and then you see her Padawan uh, next to her. So I noticed this and I think a lot of everybody else, like anybody who has, has watched the trailer and seen Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels noticed this, Depa Balaba's apprentice um, during the series of the Clone Wars, um, excuse me, the timeline of Star, or Star Wars The Clone Wars is Caleb Doom, who becomes Kanan Jarrus, or Jarrus, um, however you pronounce it, they pronounce it both ways um, in the Star Wars universe. So um, anyway, um, he is possibly one of the greatest characters Dave Filoni has personally created um and we'll we'll get into a lot of that in future podcast episodes but that was a really nice cameo there so we have all these different characters like scene that were kind of hinting at like oh this is kind of what's going on in episode three very similar to it I personally think the scene that I just described to you guys is going to be a extra scene on top of it and then we hear um Windu in a hologram say I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi which is an absolute quote from episode three. So this is a huge, huge deal saying that it is definitely coinciding with episode three. So, and then we get a couple other shots like Obi-Wan, you know, touching his chin and he's, you know, there um, either watching something, he's either in a battle or, you know, he's watching that hologram from another another area, which I don't believe he'd be watching that at that time because he's, when Windu says that is right when Obi-Wan is fighting General Grievous, and Cody's the one who lets him know, hey, we're, we're engaging General Grievous. And then um, Windu says, thank you, Commander, and then he tells Anakin, go tell the Chancellor. And when he goes and tells the Chancellor, the Chancellor reveals, I'm the Dark Lord of the Sith, join me. And he's like, no, and then tells Windu, and then we all know what happens after that. So, um, so I'm thinking that they're trying to do a little bit of, like, flashy stuff with this trailer and a Oh, this is what's going on. So, but right after Windu says in a hologram, not in real life, so I'm really curious how they're going to show that in the show. Um, uh, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. We're going to see Yoda saying, great care we must take, which is what we see in Episode 3 as well. So it's going to be a very interesting take on this. I think that's going to be really fun. So this is definitely going to be crossing over with episode three, and it's going to be telling some of our favorite characters in this series story um, that we don't see in episode three. For example, Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul. And so this is going to be a really phenomenal way of doing things. Uh, I believe after we see this whole part, we see a giant bat creature carrying somebody through an orange sky, which I think has to do with a bad batch story arc so that'll be interesting and then we get um anakin with a very scowl look on his face um show up ignite a lightsaber and attack admiral trench who is a spider kind of looking character who was there on rigo vinda when uh <clears throat> excuse me when we had that story arc with fives and tough that i described so 
Uh, we also get a couple other shots. So as I go deeper into this, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this frame by frame with the trailer, but I'm going to do my best. So then we get Maul saying, everything that happened, every choice made has led to this. And, you know, before that he says it's all part of the plan, the plan, and that's when we see Anakin attacking Trench. Um, so I'm, this is why I think that Maul has somewhat of an idea of what Sidious is doing, whether he was in on it from the beginning, or he just kind of figured it out as he went along. Um, he, he knows what's going on, and you can see him kind of pulling a Kylo Ren, trying to force pull some information out of Jesse, who is a 501st clone trooper we've seen since season two, who now became an ARC trooper after Five's death, so... Um, we, we, we continue to see more shots and we see, you know, Rex put on his helmet, you know, we get a shot of Obi-Wan with his hood up on a hologram, so a lot of little flashy stuff. Space battles, lots of flashy stuff, and he says, every choice made has led to this. And Ahsoka ignites her lightsabers, Maul does a really cool spin move and starts going after her. This is all in the Mandalorian throne room. So it's a very, that's going to be like the coinciding battle with what's going on during episode three, and it's going to be really cool. So I feel like that's going to be a very intense uh, part of the series. And so, and then we see also a shot of Anakin talking to Padme. Padme looks like how she does in episode three, um, right around um, the time that she's going to go talk to him. Uh, on Mustafar, and they kind of interlock their fingers. And so, some people think, well, she's clearly pregnant there, I think Anakin's going to be either completely oblivious or whatever, because he looks still like a good guy. Um, I would like to see something like, it's after the beginning of Episode 3, and Anakin is either in the Jedi Temple, or he's off doing a mission, he knows she's pregnant, and something like that. Um, I think that would be quite interesting rather than it just being so obvious that she's pregnant, he goes, oh, hey, wow, nice shirt, you know? <laughs> anyway, that's a little ism of mine. Either way, it's going to be either really funny or it's going to be uh, really well-written within the Star Wars storyline, and it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, so I, what I'd personally like to see, I watched a uh, YouTube video by Star Wars Theory. If you guys are YouTube watchers, go check out his channel. Um, he's really cool, so shout-out to him. Um uh, he he says, um, you know, that there's some unfinished work of, like, seeing Anakin in the Jedi Temple at Episode 3. It's really low CGI, but it's deleted scenes. So you can apparently look that up on YouTube is what he informed everybody who's watching his video. And I agree with him that I think it would be really interesting to see... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. To see Anakin in the Jedi Temple attacking people or attacking Jedi and seeing how ruthless he really is. Um, but that's during the time of episode, uh, Order 66, so I'm not sure if we're going to get into that too much, specifically because they're going to really want to emphasize what was going on during the, you know, execution of the Order and seeing what happens with Rex and Ahsoka and the clones and Maul and all that whole entire confrontation. So I think that's what's going to be happening there. So I think it'll be really great. I think it'll be a lot of fun to see that. Um, either way, I feel like Dave Filoni's going to do a really excellent job of this because this is his creation. This is like a child to him. You know, he worked with on this with George and he wanted to finish it but never got the chance to and finally LucasArts gave him the go-ahead to finish it up. And so, 
the last thing we see is Maul taking out some of the clones that are, you know, there for Ahsoka and so on and whatnot, and Rex doing uh, certain things, and then all of a sudden the last thing we see is Ahsoka wave her hand, and she's standing up on a, like a hollow table with the doors closing, and Rex is kind of like down for the count, as somebody I heard said. And there's a lot of different theories behind this, which either way, you could... This, this could be cool either way. Um, one of the reasons why I personally love Rex so much is that he's this honorable, good soldier. Kind of like Captain America. Not just a good soldier, but a good man, and he's a good person. Um, so he, he, I think, would choose the Jedi and choose what's good rather than just the installment of the government that he's working for, even though that's what he's programmed to do, because... Rex is one of those characters who says you have to learn to make your own decisions. You have to do what's you have to do what's right. You know, yes, good soldiers follow orders, but you know this is what it is. So when you watch this trailer, it looks as if he stumbles, like oh gosh, and she's closing the door. Lots of people have analyzed this and think that he's done Order sixty six and he's having a trouble with the inhibitor chip, and Ahsoka force pushes him into the the room and locks the door and tries to help him and save him because she, they have such compassion for one another. They're like siblings, you know? Um, so, and some people think that'd be really cool and really interesting. Other people think that, like, you know, he might be having a trouble with it or so on and whatnot, or he actually goes through it and tries to kill her and she tries to stop him or so on and whatnot. I personally have a different opinion. Now, yes, this is part of the, the Rex fanboy coming out but it's it, in the Star Wars Rebels TV series, in season two episodes, either two or three or three or four, um, we see the Ghost Crew come in t- contact with Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, who are clones we have seen in the Clone Wars, who are just really awesome characters that Dave Filoni created because Dave Filoni is a huge fan of wolves. So he created the Wolf Pack for Plo Koon, which is an awesome, awesome installment for, for Star Wars, which will, again, as I've said a lot, um, get into more future podcasts. Um, but anyway, staying on course with this, this whole thing with the trailer, we, we see in Rebels that we have three clones that are just out there in the middle of nowhere. And Kanan, who was Caleb Doom, who was Depa Balaba's apprentice, who we see in this trailer saw the clones that he had been friends with, his master had fought alongside for years, just turn around and gun them down in a second, in Kanan's words, which causes Kanan to stop being Caleb Doom and become Kanan Jarrus. And um, so that's that's kind of how we see Kanan struggling with trusting clone troopers. And he says, and I quote, you know, the clones came for me. Uh, later they said they had chips in their heads that made them do it, said they had no choice. You see Rex just... The, say, you know, I didn't betray my Jedi. And he says, Wolf, Gregor, and I all took out our, our control chips. We all have a choice. So that was one thing that I thought was absolutely phenomenal that we get to see this soldier of the Republic, this awesome clone trooper with this just, just a badass mentality and persona with great, awesome, customized armor who's just this excellent shot and just a good person. Um go around and do all these great things and just have loyalty to his friends and fighting for what's good. You know, even in season two, he says, I'm in the most pinnacle point of the Republic. If I fail, 
this, you know, my children or anybody else's children will be living under an evil that I can't well imagine. And although it had the mask of the Confederacy, it's really the Sith or the Empire or the Dark Side, whichever one you want to say. And so you see that this guy is a, technically, like, I like to consider him a guardian of peace and justice, just like the Jedi. So that's one of the reasons I like Rex so much, but also you see um, this this really awesome character go, I am not going to do Order 66, I'm staying true to my friends, and I'm not going to use as a pawn to kill anybody I care about. And then um, in the Rebel story arc, he joins the Rebellion, he, um, you know, he fights alongside Kanan, he fights along, and then eventually he helps liberate Lothal, and it's confirmed that he is the uh, guy there in Episode Five with the white beard on Endor, uh, with Han Solo's strike force um, in Return of the Jedi. So I f- feel like that that was just a really superbly well done story. And if they do something where they have Rex is somehow enthralled in Order sixty six, um, somehow whether or not he he goes with it or not. You know, um, I think that would kind of ruin two stories for me. Uh, well, not ruin to an extent, but it would kind of make the two stories that I just described with Rebels and Rex's whole story arc and the story with Fives finding the inhibitor chips and telling Rex and telling Anakin um, kind of pointless because we go through this whole story arc and then all of a sudden, you know, we're going to have Rex do something with it. So, but let's just say for kicks and giggles, we do have this happen where Rex is told execute order 66 and he's struggling with it and so on and whatnot and Ahsoka helps him out of it I think that would be also a beautiful moment between the two characters and technically Ahsoka is not a Jedi so they could get away with it and so people could ask me like oh Falcor why why would it be a big deal what what's what's the big deal if we have story inconsistencies well to answer that question um you know, a lot of us Star Wars fans are very nitpicky about stories. I try to stay away from that. Um, uh, and, you know, there's the argument that it was originally done that Vader killed Luke Skywalker's father. And Obi-Wan tells him that. And that was the truth in Episode 4. But then uh, George Lucas said, you know, we're going to make him Luke's father instead. Which was, it reconceptualized everything about Star Wars and honestly probably made it better. Um, because Darth Vader's not just this, oh my gosh, he's such a jerk. He's like, wow, he's his dad, you know? So, and that's why a lot of people just love Episode 5, because it is a hardcore, jaw-dropping, huge movie. So, um, and then it was changed, and Obi-Wan says, you know, I told you, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. But when you think about it, Rex, I feel like if, if that was the case, that he does somehow get enthralled with Order 66, it would make that whole story arc and Rebels of him saying, you know, I didn't betray my Jedi, you know, we took out our control chips, and we all have a choice, it makes that, it just kind of retcons that, like, oh, he just kind of said that, like, we've seen that a lot of times in a lot of different uh, TV shows. Um, me, personally... I do still kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm not a huge fan of the Korra series, but when they show the first Avatar, the first person who learned how to firebend and master that, um, in Avatar The Last Airbender, just a little quick story, they uh, Aang the Avatar goes with Zuko, who's a redeemed fire 
nation prince um they go into these people who actually learn from the dragons how to use fire and do that and they learn how to do the sun dance and then in Korra, when you see the first avatar learning how to firebend, he's doing the sun dance with a dragon teaching him. So it wasn't something major, but it was something enough just to keep the continuity. And so it was one of those things where you see this a lot in Star Wars. You know, Obi-Wan said that, you know, Yoda trained me, and then all of a sudden there's Qui-Gon. And then it turns out Yoda trained all the Jedi in the temple because of how, you know, old and ancient and wise he was. So, and, they, and, the, and it makes sense, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, they did the same thing with, you know, Luke's quote saying, I don't remember my mother, and but Lane going, oh, but I remember my mother, and then all of a sudden splitting them up and their mom dying and so on and whatnot, so you're like, okay, um, that's also confusing, but when you think about it, it's, she, Leia's referring to Bail Organa's wife, who's her adopted mother, and then Luke had no memory of his mom because he just was raised by his aunt and uncle. So there is some consistency when you think about it. Sometimes, you know, you strain a little bit trying to connect the dots. But when you look at that, you know, they kind of took what didn't make sense and kind of made it make sense after episode one was made. Because everybody was like, well, that's, like, that's cool, but eh, all at the same time. And so, but when it comes down to it, this is George Lucas's creation. So if there's something we don't like, there's nothing we can change about it because that's the guy who made it. So, but that's just my personal opinion on it. And yes, now Disney's creating it, and Dave Filoni's working on Clone Wars, and that's his baby and all that. But he also worked very close with George Lucas and does a lot of different Star Wars projects to make sure that Luke, or excuse me, Lucas's vision, George's vision is still seen in Star Wars, even though George is technically retired. So, I personally don't think that Dave Filoni is the type of guy who would just retcon the crap out of stuff. Because he, he also worked on the Avatar The Last Airbender series, which is super phenomenal storytelling. Rebels has some really good storytelling. Granted, it's aimed for a younger audience at first, and then, um, you know, then they kind of in-depth the story, and a lot of people can watch it. So if you can get past some of the first season animation, it gets really good in the storytelling. Um, so I don't feel like Dave Filoni is the type of guy who would just be like, oh, we're just gonna retcon a couple of things, you know? But either way, um, I still think Rex is my favorite character, and I still think that it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do. Personally, after watching the trailer, I think that Rex is going to help Ahsoka fight the clones who do Order 66, and, um, save her from those clones. Um, because, you know... They, they made the Ahsoka novel, which was canon up until the point of, you know, Clone Wars Season 7 is back. So it's kind of like, oh, we're just going to change some things again. Which I go, okay, I mean, Dave Filoni versus somebody who was writing the novel, so on and whatnot. But I feel like if they go ahead and they do something where Rex is doing something with Order 66, um, uh, you know, it'd be really interesting to see and it would provide a beautiful moment of Ahsoka doing that friendship to someone she's cared for and fought alongside for a long time. Um, so this is what uh, a couple comments I have just with the ideas with it. One, I think Rex is a good enough soldier and a good enough combatant that, honestly, if Ahsoka is in the middle of fighting Darth Maul and we get execute Order 66, he could take her out. I think he could. Um, do I think the story would play out that way? No, because Clone Wars is about Anakin and Ahsoka, and everybody else is along for the ride. 
So when it comes down to that, I don't think if it comes down to storyline, like if Rex was never in Rebels and he was just a Clone Wars specific character and Order 66 happened, Ahsoka's going to kill him. You know, that's what's going to happen. But I think that Rex is a capable enough soldier that he would be able to kill Ahsoka. I'm not saying that that would happen, but I think that he is able to and sufficient in enough in what he can do that that could happen. Um, that being said, I, what I would think is going to happen is um, is Rex is going to go ahead and um, help Ahsoka. I think that either one, Darth Maul jars him, or two, he's having you know trouble fighting clones, or it's just the trauma of, I'm fighting my brothers who I have fought with and fought to protect from everybody, from a jerk Jedi general, from Separatists, from General Grievous himself, like all this stuff, and all of a sudden they're going to try and kill my friend. I'm going to protect my friend because I know what's going on with these inhibitor chips. And I think it would be really, really cool if he took his out and that him sitting there on the floor is him going, okay, I'm having struggle fighting, or Soka Force pushed him to save his life, or he's just having a mental breakdown because he's killing his, you know, people who look exactly like him who he considers his brothers. Um, but that being said, I think it'd be really nice to, co- to keep consistency with what we have in the current canon before the show came out and just provide a really beautiful story between Ahsoka and Rex. I think it'd be really cool to see a clone who took out his inhibitor chip and who is still fighting for what he thinks is right that's why I think the story of Rex is so amazing, is because you have this this genetically created being who is put something in his head to do something he doesn't he would never do, but he says, No, I'm making this choice, I'm removing this, and he's still in sound mind, he's still able to fight for what he believes in. And I think he's gonna help Ahsoka. I think I really do. I think that it's gonna be a really interesting story. Now, I have heard that I forget the guy's name. But in Dragon Con 2018, there was an interview and a guy said that we don't know if Rex actually does Order 66 or not. I personally think that this is a, you know, production, you know, type thing where we have people trying to make you think, oh my gosh, what if that happens? You know, like, for example, uh, during when Avengers Infinity War came out, they're like, oh, well, you know, Black Panther 2 could just be an all-female cast. And the people who are in the snap may just remain dead, you know, and Guardians of the Galaxy could be done here. And, like, that made fans flip out, go, no, 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 because we all love those characters. And, you know, so it made people want to go see the movie even more. Um, I think that's the same plot here. Um, One, because Dave Filoni did not say that. Two, um, Rex did say he didn't portray his Jedi and took out his control chip, and that is canon in Rebels. So I personally think that that is how it's going to go down. If not, I think it'd be a really interesting opportunity to get a beautiful story between Ahsoka and Rex of like, hey, snap out of it. We got some fighting we got to do. So whichever way I think it's going to be really cool, I personally think it's going to stay the same, and I think that it's going to be really fun just to keep it that way, just to keep consistency, and I think Dave Filoni is an excellent storyteller, so I think that he's going to keep it the way it is. Um, but that is a matter of opinion, and however they do it, I'm sure it's going to be really quite amazing. So, um, that is what happened with the Clone Wars Season 7 finale trailer. It's going to come out on February 21st, uh, which I believe is about 27 days away from, uh, or 26 days or so on, something like that. 
away from uh, now. So it's going to be really fun to to see it conclude. Um, we'll see all what happens. I think by the time the show ends, it's going to be in May. So it's going to be really fun just to kind of see the conclusion and go from there. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be really fun to watch um, just to see a different perspective of all these characters and have this be kind of like a companion uh television production to episode three which in my personal opinion is my favorite star wars movie it's probably one of the best star wars movies done so i think it's going to be a lot of fun to to see this and it'll be really good to enjoy it um i do think it's going to be really fun to also see just ahsoka's progression because we know that she's going to do a little different missions on the planets of the pikes who are a crime drug syndicate and we also get to see you know more mall story um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Maul goes from, you know, getting kidnapped from by Palpatine to seeing his, his mother get killed to still having Mandalorians in his service and being this place of power to, oh crap, Order 66 happens, I have to escape. And kind of get a smidgen of a hint of what happens to him when he's in the end of Solo and so on and whatnot. So I think him as a villain, how they're going to construct him is going to be really interesting. Plus you have Ray Park, who's a legend, who just... Um, does all the choreography for the character. I think that'll be really fun. And yeah, and I think it'll be really cool just to see that progression from Ahsoka being this young uh, Padawan to this experienced young adult light side force user because she's not a Jedi. Um, and so you have somebody who is a dark side force user who's technically not a Sith fighting somebody who's a light side force user who's not really a Jedi. Um, I also think it's going to be really interesting because we see a shot in the trailer as well of Ahsoka like holding her hand going, oh my gosh, like something traumatic just happened, you know, that she's sensing something through the Force. I think that's going to be probably sensing something to do with Anakin, and I feel like that connection there is going to be really interesting, so, um, I, yeah, I think this is going to be a really good and fun, uh, series. It's going to be a good time. Um, let me, got, let me know what you guys think. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the first podcast of The Drock Side. Uh, stay tuned for more content. Uh, we'll be continuing to go over uh, more Star Wars stuff and go from there. I think uh, the next podcast will be getting more into uh, some of my list of personal favorite Star Wars characters um, and explaining the stories behind them and why I think they're really amazing. And after that, I think we're going to go and dive deep into... Uh, the rise of Skywalker and discuss what made it good and what made it bad. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope it makes Star Wars more fun and that, um, you know, you have a great day. Uh, may God richly bless you with peace and joy and that, uh, you can feel Jesus's love wherever you are and whatever you're doing. So this is Falconor signing off and reminding you that Jesus loves you.